happening? This is called podcasting while driving. Is this a crazy idea? I don't know. It feels crazy, but crazy feels right. And that's what we're doing. So we are uh, all of us together now in an automobile being piloted by a man wearing noise-canceling headphones and podcasting. The future is now. And the future is now in the past and, and is also now again. Huh? How's that? It's a time is a flat circle or whatever bullshit people always talk rambling on about. I don't know. I don't know those things. All that I know is that it's a beautiful day here in Iowa and um, I'm excited to talk to you guys. I tell you what, the uh, world is spinning and uh, ain't that the truth? You know what I'm saying? How's that for an intro? This is me just trying to turn right. Oh, come to a complete stop. And now we're cruising again. So I'll have my train of thought restored and try not to be too disjointed during this uh, live broadcast stream of the Popecast done whilst driving. I always love to turn while into a good whilst with a good st on the end. Bring it to a hard stop. I tell you what, I have, uh, as noted in my previous live podcast. I may only do these live now, exclusively all live. It feels more fun, more on the line, right? Than otherwise when, uh, you know, I can record them. And my uh, gimmick, my, not my gimmick, it was real, but my uh, shtick, which also sounds like a gimmicky word. My shtick has always been all these podcasts are recorded live in one take with no edits for better or worse. Oftentimes for better and many times for worse. So that's always been the motto, the tagline that I have adhered to this podcast, and now it just makes it a little bit more real, if you will. Um, being live, you know, and in living color. Although uh, I guess if that is true, if sound is color, and uh, I think that there is a spectrum for sound, and I am certainly on it, huh? <laughs> How's that for a uh, for the old okie doke there? But um, we, oh, what was I starting to say? This is also a podcast piloted by a man that was at one point diagnosed with ADD and uh, took the medicine for a week. They used to call me into the counselor's office there in high school, or like the principal's office area, and they would like feed me the ADD medicine and like make me look under my tongue like a prisoner to make sure that it was swallowed. It was really sick stuff. But I uh, took this medicine for a while. I played ball for a little while. And then I would just go sit in class and I would just feel like a complete and utter zombie. And it was, it was not fun. It was not, uh, not fun at all. So I refused. A short while later, I said, you know what? Uh, you guys can kick rocks. I am, I'm through with it. And so I've been living on natural ever since. I think that as, um, you know, I mean, to each their own, you know, if you're, if you're getting down on ADD medicine, um, good for you, man. I hope it helps. So in college, everybody would be like taking like, what was it? Ritalin or some shit to try, you know, to, um, get their work done. You know, I don't know. I tried it a few times. I'll try anything once, right? Try anything once. What do I have to lose? You know, so Anyway, the Popecast has been just uh, really picking up steam. I took off 
the winter months. Ah, I took it. No, no, that's not true. I took off the summer months because I was having so much fun just kind of living life, being outside, um, just doing all that fun stuff with the family and whatnot. And I feel myself like I'm always more productive, sort of like creatively. And during the fall and the winter and the early spring, you know, um, definitely less happy during those months. So I don't know what the correlation is there per se. I'll let you fill in those blanks for yourself. But the um, reality of the matter is, is that I'm just always having too much fun to kind of uh, slow down and podcast during the summertime. So I did my first live one, kind of trying to get back into the rhythm and the routine of things a few days ago. And it was good fun, man. I I enjoy when people, um, you know, come in and join the room live and everything like that. And it's always fun to see what people had to say. We had a hoot talking about my um, my allegedly murderous neighbor um, on uh, the most recent episode. So feel free to go back and check that out if you are so inclined. There's lots of juicy information in there. Um, not too much juice, and it's all alleged. And I'll go even a step further to say that it was all made up. Huh? A figment of fiction. A yarn woven from the threads of time through the fibers of airspace, internet, sound engineering into your earbuds. Huh? That's what it was. It wasn't a very true story that I was trying to... Uh, relay because it's been something that's on my mind. Nay, nay, it was a, uh, like I said, a figment of pure fiction. And I'll have more of that fiction um, coming to you probably, I don't know, we'll say two weeks from now when I uh, dive into more of that fiction after I get my family safely moved away from this imaginary murderous neighbor. So my priority is uh, the safety of those I love as it should be. If I was just a young, freewheeling, independent, solo flying whippersnapper, I would probably be going live um, to the door, you know, take the podcast live to the door of the neighbor, of the fictional neighbor that does not exist. And uh, that would be a blast. But I live in a different uh, space and time right now where that is not a smart decision. So anyway, it's been awesome, man. I've been looking. I love to look at the live stats of these. I made a video about it, a very silly video about it, as aren't they all. But a very silly silly video about the listenership that I have posted to my YouTube page, Ian Pope on YouTube, um, where I kind of break down the listenership that we've had recently. There was two. Um, oh, God bless it. I forget the country. Dag nabbit. Dhaka was the capital of the country. Oh my gosh, my brain is such crap. Um, the most populous country on earth. It's not Pakistan, but it's right around there. Anyway, we've had uh, uh, two listeners from this country. We've had listenership from all over the United States on the most recent episode. It still is. Um, pretty funny to me how people find the Popecast. I've had friends speculate that it's probably because um, they accidentally find it when they are thinking that they are uh, finding a religious, like a Catholic Popecast, you know, something. There are other podcasts called the Popecast uh, that are all about 
the Catholic Church and religion. Um, so if that's what you're trying to find, I would think that this may not be the place for you. But um, lo and behold, if you're coming by accident, you know, keep coming back. All listenership is important listenership. You know, we get about um, 15, it's like 15 to 30 downloads per ep. DLPE, as uh, that's the jargon, the slow, the uh, lingo. I almost said slingo. And uh, maybe we just made up a word, but that is the uh, jargon of the industry. You know, DLEP, what's your DLEP? What's your DLEP number is what uh, all of us podcasters say to each other, right? What's your downloads per episode? Oh, I even did the acronym wrong. God, my brain is mush. DULP. DULP. What's your DULP? All right, enough time has been spent belaboring that point. I'm going to uh, tell you guys a very fun story now about yesterday when uh, I took my daughter to the local amusement park. We had a blast. It was just what we call a daddy-daughter day. A couple best pals uh, hanging out at the amusement park, just having a grand old time. And as we did, it was a water park and all this sort of stuff. And as we were leaving, we said, oh, man, there's a merry-go-round or no, a Ferris wheel that we were, we were like, let's go ride the Ferris wheel. And my daughter never been on a Ferris wheel before. She's a youngster. So I was like, let's do it, man. Let's hop on that Ferris wheel. And uh, we made it up through the line, not a terrible line, but a decent line that we stood through. And she was waffling whether or not she wanted to go on there. But I talked her into it. And then we get up there into the basket. And a lady comes out of nowhere and says, uh, excuse me, does the young lady have shorts, uh, no swimsuit bottoms allowed on the, uh, on the Ferris wheel. And this was, uh, this employee was somewhat androgynous. I couldn't tell a man or a woman and it wasn't important, um, not important information, but it was just, just to paint the picture and I, in androgynous individual saying, you must have these, uh, shorts on to ride the ride. And I said, oh, no problem, with a smile and a wink. I said, we have uh, this here dress right here that she can wear on the, uh, on the Ferris wheel. And I wrapped my daughter's towel around her waist and said, yes, this dress, uh, this is her cover-up. And this androgynous employee who was up to this point quite nice suddenly gets very serious. And she says, or he says, they say, I'll do, oh, I'm going to use it. Try to correctly use a pronoun, even though I don't know what this person wanted. They say, that's not a dress. That's a towel. And I just couldn't help myself. I was still trying to finesse our way onto the ride here. So I thought this might, like, be the bit of humor that would finesse our way onto the ride. I said, oh, don't worry. This towel identifies as a skirt. I said with a, with a smile. And um, this was uh, this was not received very well. I'll just say that this friendly up to this point um, androgynous, which is not derogatory. It sounds derogatory, androgynous, but I don't mean it in a derogatory way. I'm just trying to describe that uh, a person who um, I guess in my mind, initially, I thought this person might have been um more receptive to the this towel identifies as a skirt joke 
But in hindsight, I realized that that was completely untrue and a silly assumption that I would make. This person was um, incredibly unreceptive to that. And they probably thought that I was trying to make fun of them or something. But I was really just trying to, as I always kind of do, just like find a common ground between people by way of humor. So, um, but that was not how this person's mind was programmed to work. And so I saw that they were upset by this. And uh, so we just, uh, we left, you know, that was the end of our trip to Adventureland. But we left uh, peacefully. I will say that I always sympathize with employees in this situation, like situations in which they have to enforce somebody else's silly rule. You know, in the grand scheme of things, this person probably doesn't give a darn about no swimsuit bottoms on the ride, you know, but, uh, and I had swimming shorts on, which, so I don't know what the difference between swimming shorts are and a swimming, like a traditional, like, uh, like swimsuit bottoms for like a girl, you know, that, that's style cut. I don't know, man, but I suppose it's all probably well-reasoned. It's, you know, I don't know what it is. We don't, we don't want our rides getting wet. We don't want people peeing on our rides. I don't know. Maybe it's just like general, who knows what the reason is. It doesn't matter. I sympathize with the, um, the androgynous employee and all employees, not, you know, even employees that are non-androgynous, I sympathize with. But uh, regardless, my towel um, identified as a skirt and was um, not allowed access to the merry-go-round. I keep saying merry-go-round. It's a Ferris wheel. It's, this one spins the other way. You know what I'm saying. Not allowed access to the Ferris wheel at our local theme park. And I will be filing a class action lawsuit. And um, I will soon be in ownership of at least a percentage of a theme park. So I'm excited about it. It was all worth it in the end. It was all worth our while. And um, most importantly, my daughter was none the wiser to the awkwardness of the moment. And she just proceeded to have a great daddy-daughter day at the theme park with her dad. We truly did have a yippee kaye of a good time yesterday. So I just greatly would encourage all of you to get out there and squeeze the last moments of summer out that we can, you know? So... I don't know, man. It's pretty cool. I, uh, what else we got going on? Oh, I'm talking to you guys. I've been working on this. This is a bit. Um, just going to preface that. Bits usually work the best when you just come out and say it's a bit at the beginning, right? I think not, but that's what we're doing. Um, the bit is about that. Uh, well, there's one new piece that I've written. So I'm from Des Moines and, uh, the, there's some sort of a, bureau of like tourism or something that tries to like hype up Des Moines and Des Moines is spelled D-E-S-M-O-I-N-E-S. So each of these two words ends in an S, but both of these S's are silent. And so this local tourism bureau has adopted the catchphrase that goes Des Moines. The S's are silent, you know, and it's like, it's fine. I, it's, it's a non-objectionable uh, catchphrase. But um, we also 
and I don't know how to bridge this gap yet, so I'm just going to talk it out to you guys. We also don't hear a lot from our, or even enough, we don't hear enough from our local Hispanic community here in Des Moines. So I might say also, Des Moines, the essays are silence. You know, why don't we hear more from our essays here in Des Moines? You know, I don't know. I used to hear a lot from local essays uh, when I worked in a restaurant. And uh, this is kind of where the basis of my racial ranking system came to be. Uh-oh, that sounded like a hot button thing. This really isn't a hot button thing. I'm just saying that Hispanics are my number one ranked. If I were to be forced to rank all the different races, which I don't think I am being forced to do so, but if I was forced to rank all the races, I would definitely rank Hispanics first. They're my favorite as a people based on personal experience, past experience, all that jazz. I just love, love, love me some Hispanics. Um, and I've got so many stories, but I will say that when I used to work in a restaurant, the kitchen, as the, is the case with many restaurants, were all uh, Hispanic fellows. And my name is Ian, but for some reason they all called me like Pinche Pancho or Pinche Pendejo Pancho. Or, uh, and so that means pinche pancho means fucking pancho. So fucking was, uh, like, yeah, fucking was the, uh, the adjective attached to the noun, the proper noun pancho. Pinche pancho or pinche pendejo pancho means fucking bitch pancho. And so that's what the guys in the kitchen would call me. And I loved it. They were hilarious. And when they were like really stressed out or when they were really upset, they would just call me Pancho. Pancho! They would yell if they had reason to talk to me. So I love these guys. They were fun. They would tease me with the Pancho thing. And sometimes I would tease them by running through the kitchen and shouting, La Migra, La Migra, which means immigration, immigration. And that was all, that was all fun and games. That was good fun. Um, until actually some of them did end up getting deported later on, which was unfortunate. But uh, we had a blast. These guys in the kitchen, they would haze me. Like if I would order a cheeseburger, for example, they would say, hey, pinche pancho, you pendejo. We're not going to give you your cheeseburger until you eat. And then they would just feed me like the spiciest thing out of their own personal stash of food that they could possibly create. And so then they would all laugh through the window and point as I would just die, turn beet red and sweat and keel over from eating, you know, habanero peppers or whatever, whatever they were trying to feed me. And so this was all just a golden age of my young life. I really, really liked these guys. They were fun. Uh, we would just harass the shit out of each other and laugh about it. And it was awesome, you know. So, you know, countless other experiences throughout my life with Hispanics have just reinforced just a, you know, this is almost a default thing, but it's like such a hardworking people. And I don't even really want to hang that on them as, to their credit, but it really is to their credit. And, um, but just kind and have the right attitude and just love to joke and they're, you know, family oriented and all these things. I just really love about Hispanic people. I'm not saying that other groups don't necessarily, you know, carry these same characteristics. It's just in my life, I've just, uh, really, 
uh, been exposed to a lot of this and taken notice to a lot of this. So another thing is like first day of freshman year of high school, I was weighed 100 pounds soaking wet. And I met a couple of large Hispanic fellows. One is named Pedro and one is named Alex. And they were, you know, like 6'3", 300 pounds. And I was just this tiny little freshman, tiny, tiny little freshman. And um, I learned that their last names were both Ramirez while we were there meeting. And so I said, wow, are you guys brothers? And uh, then they both punched me in the stomach at the same time and uh, said, uh, not all Mexicans are related, you racist piece of shit. And uh, then we laughed and we laughed and uh, we all became best friends and we're all, we're all good friends to this day, you know? And so it's just these kind of added. I think that a through line here is that I really love when um, I can, when to like make fun of somebody, you know, just a good ribbing is bonding. Um, so that sort of stuff. And if we're getting real superficial, like I love, I love uh, taco trucks, several taco trucks here in the local area that are, that are owned and operated by Mexicans. I love Corona, Modelo, uh, Dos Equis, you know, all the great uh, Mexican cervezas. They make the best kind of beer, in my humble opinion, and they make some of the best food, you know. So there's just, the list goes on and on. I could talk kindly about Hispanics forever. You know, I won't right now, but trust me, I could. And so they are the number one ranked people in my overall racial ranking system. Now things get hard. Um, I'm just going to jump right to another easy portion of this. I'm going to rank whites last. I'm just going to get them out of the way. Uh, if you guys can't tell, I don't know if I sound white. I don't know what I sound like. Do I sound, do I sound white? Um, but I feel like that ranking whites last is kind of a cop out, but it also is, you know, just, um, feels like the right thing to do. I feel like that if you are white and then you strive to put whites on any sort of a scale of the ranking system, that's not very low, that it looks bad. You know, you cannot allow to be proud of being white. And I don't know why you would be. I mean, I guess so. so you know, I know a lot of white people, which is also another reason why I rank us so low. I know a lot of white people very well. Believe it or not, I'm even related to some white people. Um, so they're, uh, you know, some uh, I love a lot of them. And some of them are just like those, you know, just random cousins that um, seem to be attached to a different part of reality per se, possibly, or, you know, there's just, I know a lot of these people that I've known throughout the years, and I know them pretty well enough that I can safely, knowledge is power, and so I can rank them low, kind of based on this knowledge, so Hispanics first, white people last, and then I think just another cop out of this, because it's hard to really just take a stand here, I'm going to rank all of the other races in the middle, of the rankings, which I know you're saying, take a stand here. Tell us what you tell us what you think. And I will say that all of these other races rise up through the rankings, depending upon which sport of the Olympics I'm watching. Huh? Maybe like maybe like international competition. Like if I'm watching the United States gymnastics team square off against the Chinese gymnastics team, 
I hope that our Chinese gymnasts, you know, kick the other Chinese gymnasts' butts. You know, that's what I'm hoping for. If I'm watching the NBA Dream Team play in the Olympics against Lithuania, I hope that all of the black guys whoop those white Lithuanian dudes' asses. And I'll be proud as hell when they do. So, um, yeah, man, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that I'm taking the cop out about all of that other stuff. But I'll say that uh, I'll get superficial with it, and I'll say that I'll uh, let the other ones come down to sports. That doesn't sound very good. But I'm gonna, we're going to live with it right now. What else do we have on my list? Man, I don't know. I'll conclude with this. One more thing, just about the journey of my life in general. I'm in such a great spot in life right now. I really um, feel very happy and content, and everything is just so um, is so lovely. It really is. And I feel lucky to be here. You know, it's all luck and good decisions and just the universe just kind of having my back, I think has led me to this point. But I will say that I was thinking about this the other day. I've always thought throughout the history of my life, even when things are not going that great, as they, for, you know, a lot of my teenage years and a lot of my 20s, you know, things were just going objectively bad. Um, I rem- Like, I always thought I was in the prime of my life throughout all this shit, which in hindsight, now that I really think I'm in the prime of my life and I realize that that sounds crazy because I'm still saying the same thing I've always said, I feel like that I've always thought that I was in the prime of my life at the moment that I was in. And so that's kind of something that was interesting to think about. I was saying, does this life philosophy Has this life philosophy, however naive it maybe was at different points, has that life philosophy led me to this point that I'm at today where things, you know, really truly are great? I remember being in jail one time and talking to my mom on the camera. She came to visit me and I was just in for like a handful of days for some sort of a probation violation or something silly. I was never, I never broke the law seriously, but I always just kind of, you know, operated as though some of the rules didn't apply to me. So I was, you know, anyway, my mom came to visit me in jail and uh, she was like, Ian, you know, what are we going to do? You know, she was obviously really distraught as any good mother would be. And she was worried, um, you know, what's going to happen? What do you, what do you, and I said, and I really meant it. I said, don't worry, mom. I said, this is all going to be a productive part of my past. It's going to be it's going to be an important part of my history. I, w- I, never, I never thought in the moment, like, this is going to be the end for me. I always felt like and really believed that even in some, you know, really bad times, I always really believed that, that great things were coming. And so... That life philosophy, and I don't know really where that came from. It's just kind of who I am. I'm, I am naively optimistic sometimes. I'm optimistic to a fault. I believe that all the bad shit that happens will just kind of work out. 
And uh, that for a while led me to make, you know, make some bad decisions and live short-sightedly. And now my perspective has really grown into this like long-term perspective, which has its drawbacks too. But I'm really thinking like long-term, I'm thinking about like, like my legacy with like my children and things like that. That's kind of heavy stuff. But just like, I'm really thinking as opposed to before I was thinking this right in front of my nose, short-term, short-term, short-term. Now I'm really thinking long-term and it's even gotten troublesome to the point at which I've been thinking about when the sun burns out 500 billion years from now, that's how much uh, that they estimate that the, that the sun may burn more for. Um, I've just been thinking about, I got really sad last week because I was thinking about that after the sun burns out in 500 billion years, that this planet will just turn to a frigid, uninhabitable wasteland, just like countless of other planets that we observe in space. You know, um, there is no great history here, great future here on this planet beyond those 500 billion years, unless, of course, you know, heaven forbid, we find a way to destroy ourselves sooner or we find a way to become interplanetary. So anyway, I don't know. It's much better in a lot of regards to live for the moment because I never went to bed at night worrying about dying and all that heavy kind of shit when I was just living with my with my eyes right in front of my nose or whatever that saying is, just basically just short-sighted. Anyway, that kind of got heavy towards the end, man. But just let's just remember that uh, do what you can to um, – Know that good stuff is coming for you if you let it, man. And uh, find some people at the gas station. This is my great example. Find somebody at the gas station today and say something silly to them and just make them laugh or smile or something. And that's always a kind of a cool thing. I hope that that has a trickle-down effect in the world. Hispanics, my number one rated people, just uh, hug a Hispanic today. Find a Hispanic and say, this is from Ian. Listen to the PopeCast. My name is Ian Pope. This has been a blast. 30 minutes flew by. I'm now parked.